It's a brand new day, and we're putting the AM in American politics. We've seen the darkness of division and despair and are now jumping into the light of a bright path forward. Progress is here, and we're sharing its story with you, for you, all with the help of Signal Boost. Now, here are your hosts, Zerlina Maxwell and Jess McIntosh. Welcome to Signal Boost. This is Jess McIntosh. I am here with Zerlina Maxwell, and we are joined right now by Kristen Urquiza. She's the founder of Marked by COVID. You probably saw her at the DNC delivering an absolutely blistering speech to President, then-President Trump about the death of her father. Uh, but she has been very, very hard at work since then and is now working on a COVID Memorial Day resolution which has been introduced in Congress already. Kristen, it is an absolute delight to be able to talk to you this morning. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. I am doing okay today. I'm still taking it one day at a time. Yeah, I'm sure. Uh, how Now that we have... A, a new administration, uh, it, it does see, it seems like, yeah, I mean, everything has changed with response to the pandemic now that we don't have somebody who is actively trying to harm America um, as our leader. Um, but how has it changed for you specifically? Are you, are you finding it easier to make the case that you have been making since your father's death? Um, you know, in some ways, yes, but in other ways, no. There is, you know, with the the type of response that we're getting from you know the the new administration is absolutely the the type of response that we needed a year ago as far as getting the messaging out about this pandemic being deadly and having a coordinated data-driven response to ensure that um, you know states across the country are, are working together and all, all of us pulling in one direction but some of the you know concerns that I have is that as we vaccinate more people and see sort of this proverbial light at the end of the tunnel, we all want to be out of this pandemic. And it will be very easy to try and brush under the rug, um, you know, this incredible loss that we've all endured as a society because things are not able to actually go back to normal. But then, and nor should they, because uh, normal is what's mm-hmm. got us here in the first place. So, um, right. you know, I struggle with that because I'm both grateful for the administration's, you know, commitment to getting vaccinations out and and other, you know, efforts. But still, it's it's not enough. It seems to me that <clears throat> this is one of those moments where I feel like the pandemic it just revealed so much to us about the fault lines and the places in which we're not doing, we're not doing well. And that we, you know, Mm -hmm. policy changes um, are, you know, a part of it, but also just like how we're treating each other just on Mm -hmm. a human level also Mm -hmm. uh, was revealed Mm -hmm. as, as inadequate. Do you feel, I mean, it's similar to Jess's question, but do you feel that the tone, even just the tone, the fact that we don't have to wake up every day to a stupid tweet or, Mm -hmm. Um, mm-hmm. you know, some egregious statement that that at least, you know, allows the anxiety level to go down enough so that we can be focused on those those legislative changes, those societal changes. Um, you know, we can see those more clearly and, and be able to act on them. Because I feel like 
I feel I feel like that that little bit that lessening of the anxiety piece, um, mm-hmm. just because we are in a new a new moment, allows us to see the problems and and also activates us to fix them. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yes. I have so much less anxiety um, than I did, <laughs> you know, just even a couple of months ago. Um, but also, you know, for me and so many, you know, the, the, the families and loved ones for the, you know, 560, um, thousand, 560,000 people that have passed, um, we do feel other types of anxieties. And I spend a lot of my time working with families who've lost, um, loved ones to the pandemic and we, um, you know, it, it's not just about the grief of losing, like, my dad. It's also the compounded um, turmoil and trauma of having to be completely surrounded by the thing that took the life of your loved one and learning more about what we should have been doing, more about what people in the past administration, you know, believe um, that we could have done better, that we could have prevented these deaths, which are things that we've all agreed uh, and and have all believed um, for quite some time, but continuing to hear sort of new dynamics of this that were kind of open secrets and have that confirmed that it, it, we are operating with less anxiety, but still in a very harmful way. harmful environment because you know we we know now that our worst fears were confirmed that so many of these deaths could have been prevented had we just done this right in the first place and responded with the full you know power of the office of the president and the federal administration to uh, take this pandemic head, head on and, and really prioritize, you know, normal everyday people like my poor dad. Yeah. It, it feels like in the, and we have lost more people than world wars one, two, and the Vietnam war combined. This is not a, 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 this is not the kind of loss that we can, we can walk away from without acknowledging and expect to be, whole as a human society uh, mm-hmm. at the other end of that. Like you just can't. So one of the things I, I, you know, Biden wasn't, wasn't my first choice in the, in the primary, but one of the things that I, I really did like about him for this moment and always did was that he seemed to get grief, like not just the grief part of it, but the healing part of it and what has to happen for the healing to happen is an acknowledgement of the loss. And it's sort of, it's a constant acknowledgement of the loss. The healing doesn't, doesn't just happen once. It's not like you light, you know, you light candles at a vigil once and everyone feels better and we're good. Like this is a constant process that we as a, a, a traumatized country will be going through together, possibly for the rest of our lives. Are, are you, did you get that sense from him that that understanding is going to help? I mean, we should have a COVID Memorial Day. Do, do you get the sense that because Joe Biden has the personal connection to grief and loss that he does, that he will want to make sure that this is a part of our national fabric going forward? So there's been two public acknowledgements of COVID from the Biden administration and Biden himself and sort of taking time and space to say, listen, we 
in order to grieve, you know, we must remember. And I think those are really powerful words. And I think that President Biden is the perfect person to be at the helm to navigate us through grief. Um, the challenges or sort of the the caution that I have is just, you know, there are a lot of constraints on, um, you know, all of our sort of time and emotional well-being. And if you look past and back in time um, at sort of our history, we do have a pattern of not necessarily always centering those most impacted in um, our policy decisions and leadership. And I am worried that, you know, going back to these fissures that we've seen in our society that, you know, it's, it's been mostly folks like my dad, uh, Latinx folks, black folks, indigenous folks who have borne the brunt of this pandemic. And are we going to be able as a society to actually say that, um, acknowledge that, and then do what we need to do to not just um, move forward, but really move forward without leaving those who've shouldered the most behind or further behind. It's so true because I think that in the beginning of the pandemic, one of the like realizations was that there were a lot of people out here in the world, and I remember ranting about this early on, that thought that they were important. They walked around the world like, I'm very important. <laughs> um, I am the you know regional vice president or whatever director of such and such, right? They're like, I am very important in my small world. And then we found out that who was really important were the essential workers. Like we found out that like we were not that important, most of us. And the people that actually kept the world running, while we could all protect ourselves and our families, the people who did not have that privilege, they were the ones who were essential. Do you think that Mm -hmm. that message is still clear? I feel like we're losing that. And and we are. I feel like we're losing that because people are like, we need to reopen because I need a haircut or whatever. But like Jess always talks all the time is about the fact that, you know, needing a haircut says nothing about, you know, the safety and importance of the person giving you the haircut. I care about the person giving you the right. haircut and I want them to be safe. So do you feel like we're still in a place where we can we understand the importance of those people who are on the front lines and have been um, the most impacted and if not, how do we get back there? Because I felt like that was a good moment for us. Yeah, it was a great moment for us and kind of really uplifting and recognizing, wow, that, that skeleton crew that kept the economy going during shutdowns and then beyond, those are the folks who really matter. And it's also a reason why I co-funded Mark by COVID was to, and, and the name itself is just the myriad of ways in which we've been impacted by COVID or have understood like COVID's impacts in our lives. And essential workers is, is, is an essential part of that. Um, you know, one of the things we're, we're, we're advocating for, in addition to the COVID Memorial Day, is an essential workers' bill of rights to help continue to fortify this sort of class that, is, that has been keeping um, the economy going. I, I think that you know the the recent um, the recent jobs plan that has um, a sort of long list of things around the care economy also is an important thing. Um, but as you know, individuals and our society as a whole, we need to continue to find opportunities to highlight those individual stories 
so that people can really see the fabric of like who are these farm workers or grocery store workers? What have they endured? Um, who are they? You know, what are their hopes and dreams? And start to humanize and see these people for more than just you know somebody to serve me, but somebody who is here in an integral part and fabric of our our economy and our country. Can can I ask? What what was your what was your life before this? Like I I, I love this I, I love this organization because it 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 doesn't just relate to your own personal. I mean, it would be enough <laughs> to start an organization yeah. just to help people who had lost family members to COVID. Like that is a worthy and and big and bold enough idea. But you, you've you've taken it considerably farther. It's all of the people who have been marked by COVID in whatever ways they have been. That just suggests some sort of I don't know organizer mentality to me. Like what, <laughs> what, what, what did you think you were going to be doing this year? I guess is my question. <laughs> well, um, interestingly enough, a few years ago I um, decided to do a master's degree in public policy. I had been working in the environmental movement um, on the climate change, the issue of climate change, the climate crisis. So ever since I was a little girl, like in the 1990s, I was talking about why climate change was a really big deal and why we (laughs) needed to be paying attention. So I'm really used to people not listening to me. Um, but, you know, I had gone back to policy school in order to be ready. I remember telling myself, I need to be ready for 2020. And what I meant by that was I was planning to really double down on my commitment to the climate fight, hoping that, you know, this would be a, a year in which and a new era in which we could make, you know, bold advances on what we needed to do to reduce greenhouse gases. So, I was expecting to be doing something, you know, adjacent to this, but more sort of behind the scenes and, um, you know, very different than actually um, using my skills of advocacy and organizing from a personal loss uh, perspective. But, um, you know, while I would do anything to have my dad back, um, it does feel like the moment um, was right for me to not look away from the skills that I have had and apply it to this new emerging constituency group of folks who have really been um, gaslit, who have been told that their loved ones didn't die from what they died from, who lived Mm -hmm. underneath this terrible um, administration that didn't care about them or their loved ones. And, you know, surprisingly, this, this um, part of, of, of the process for me has actually been essential in my grieving process. It's given me purpose. Sure. And I appreciate that. Really, um, I, I don't take that for granted. It, it feels like there, there has to be... Uh, there needs to be support groups. Like there needs to be organized support groups for people who have lost. Mm-hmm. Like there is, there is such trauma compounded in this loss. This is not the same yeah. as, you know, the people who die right. of seasonal flu every year. These are largely deaths that were preventable. Um, and that adds a completely different layer to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is, is something like that being, being organized in addition to the days, which obviously we need the Memorial days, but 
are there resources for you guys? Like, can can you can you join a virtual meeting of of folks who have also lost family members to COVID, where you can talk about this stuff together? Does that exist? Uh, Marked by COVID creates those spaces. Um, there is, however, very few resources from us, from local government, the state government, to federal government, that really is tackling sort of this space of grief. And that is a huge problem because you're absolutely right. This is a very different kind of loss. Like I always knew losing a parent was going to be hard, but because of all of those reasons that we've been talking about, it's compounded. And quite often we're re-traumatized by news um, that comes out. And um, right now folks like myself and a few others have been, you know, becoming um, sort of these organizers of grief circles to help for folks by um, bringing in, you know, you know, people who are grief counselors who are volunteering. And, and sometimes it's just holding space for people to, to share with one another and learn how to get more involved. But, I mean, we are dealing with a pandemic of grief. Uh, grief is a mm-hmm. very real part of what we are all going through, and we need we need more as far as, you know, the, an office of bereavement to be thinking through how do we support this very real emotional state that millions, tens of millions of us are going through right, right. now. One of the things the Biden administration announced last week that I, I like noted because I was I've never heard of it before. It was um, funding for, you know, the the cost of um, funerals and you know everything that comes along with somebody in your family passing away mm-hmm. do you know do you know a lot about this because it's the first time I've, I think it's the first time this has ever happened in the history of the country and it, I yeah I saw a headline and then no one was talking about it <laughs> no one ta- mm-hmm. I never saw anybody talking <laughs> right. about it and I was like I have lots of questions about this I've never heard of this before um mm. what do you know about uh this that the Biden administration is doing, because this seems really important. Um, It is important. Um, So this is a funeral reimbursement um, that uh, the federal government is offering upwards to um, $9,000. The program is being um, administered through FEMA. And today on the FEMA website, instructions on how to apply are going up as well as a phone number and a process. Uh, this is the first of its kind type of funeral reimbursement, which was actually um, passed in that December, late December package. I know that AOC and, and several others really fought hard for it, um, but this will help pay for out-of-pocket funeral costs, and, and that is so needed. I mean, so many, I mean, you don't even want to open up like my Facebook page some days when you just see GoFundMe after GoFundMe after GoFundMe Mm -hmm. of people raising money in order to, you know, just give a dignified death uh, burial to their loved one. Um, And I think that's that's just a a beginning. Um, I think there are a lot more costs that have been, or I know there are a lot more costs that, that individuals have shouldered in this failure of public policy and public health. Um, that that need to be figured out how to reimburse at the very least. And then in addition, you know, one of the things that Mark by COVID is, is looking into is what does 
restitution on a larger scale look like for families who've been forced to sacrifice a loved one? And we should be looking at um, the 9-11 Victims Compensation Program and other um, Mm -hmm. places where we have stepped in and said, we made a huge mistake. You have now lost the breadwinner of your family or your parents and you're 10 years old. We want to make sure that you don't get forgotten in society. And that is going to be a huge um, uphill battle, I know, for us to climb. And, and part of the reason why I wanted to form Marked by COVID to ensure that these families have the training and support if they to, to be together in a, a combined force to show that, you know, we have endured so much and we're not just going away. Yeah, I mean, it, it, we, we've been talking about this for a year on this show, the, the sort of gross negligence of the deaths. Like, in most uh, cases, uh-huh. when, 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 when gross negligence contributes to a death, there is restitution that is possible. You know, your, your neighbor can't have landmines in their yard. You can't, you know, you, you, you have to have workplace safety. There, there are, there are yeah. things to say, wow, did we mess up and we caused this, and so we have to make it right. I haven't heard anything about that the understanding that that needs to happen on this level for these people. And I, I, I want, I want to hear more about it. It, it, How can, how can people be helpful at this point? Like, what do you need from us? (laughs) (laughs) Um, I love that you both are allies. Yes. (laughs) Get it. Yeah. And no one is talking about restitution and, you know, we are screaming it from the rafters and we'll continue, you know, we're, we're doing outreach to do, Um, meetings with our senators and other members of Congress, but this is going to be a long fight and a long battle. And the thing that um, needs to um, kind of fuel us is we are 100% funded by individual small donors. So um, whoever can, you know, get involved by uh, donating is the best thing to help keep us going. Um, But then also, you know, the next best thing is to, to keep in touch with, with, you know, Marked by COVID through our social media channels and our email newsletter because we are doing a lot really quickly and responding in real time mm-hmm. to the news and are very well organized and mobilized. I, I think that this is like one of those things that you're just not going to want to like not pay attention to for too long because <laughs> I'm committed. I'm so in this for the long haul because at the end yeah. of the day I was denied the, the ability to be there for my dad in the hospital and I owe it to him as well as everyone else to to make sure that you know their their lives are 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 treated with with dignity and their deaths were not in vain you're doing a, a beautiful thing for your dad um, and for the rest of us too, but uh, absolutely, thank you. Um, I understand that this is something that you're doing for him. Kristen Arkiza, uh, thank you so much for joining us this morning and also for founding Marked by COVID. I hope everybody checks it out and, and your work going forward. I just, I wish you the best of luck and come back anytime. Yes, cool. Thanks so much. I love talking to y'all. Thanks for listening to the Signal Boost podcast. We'll be back tomorrow with more news.